Um, hey, I'm Steven. I'm John. And we are here with our special guest, AJ. Yeah. yeah. He's very special. <laughs> He's very special. He's a special little boy. <laughs> yeah. I've been on short bus my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who might not be sure exactly what that means, that means that you're a retard. <laughs> <laughs> we grew up in the 90s, so we could say that. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not politically correct with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, so if you couldn't tell by the intro music, we are covering Ghost in the Shell 2017. Scarjo. Uh, Scarjo. So I think anybody who hears that that choir music from Kenji Kawai, they immediately know that this is ghost in the shell. Like that's like the, yeah, it's like, it's iconic. Like you can hear that and you immediately know you're, you're in for ghost in the shell. Yeah. Yeah, And And if you didn't know that by the sound of it, then you're not qualified to have an opinion. You're like me. You're retarded. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't, don't be like AJ kids. You even <laughs> rode a shorter bus. <laughs> yeah, it was basically a Mini Cooper. It is a special, mm. special bus. <laughs> because but, Mini uh, Coops are for retards. Right. <laughs> but uh, this is a little bit of a special occasion because we've been doing this show for over a year now. This yes. is like our official, I guess, like uh, first anniversary. And... Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. we'll take. Um, we'll do autographs. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do autographs later. If you guys want autographs, send us. Yes. Send us fifty bucks. Yes. Yeah, and then we'll. Uh, Maybe not. Right. <laughs> send us fifty dollars, and we may. AJ's autograph is five dollars. So. I'll get it out for free. Whatever. <laughs> I just want to be famous. He man. just likes signing stuff. He'll sign I all. Just sign he'll shit. sign all your helmets. With right. A, with a penis. <laughs> with yeah. a penis. Uh, he but, really means this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but Ghost in the Shell, for people who maybe didn't know because they're they're new to us on these new platforms that we're on, uh, Ghost in the Shell 2017 was actually the first episode that we ever did. And oh boy, did we not know what the fuck we were doing. Like, we were basically, we did that episode out of our ass completely. Yeah. We had one microphone, we had a totally different mixer back then. We didn't really even know how to fucking do the show originally. Yeah, yeah, we had a long way. So. Yeah, considering that, like, we eventually figured out that I should do the hate comments and Steve should do all the background notes and everything. Because in that first episode, we didn't really know exactly what we were going to do. Because right. I did a little bit of research and I did the hate comments, and then you know Steve did research too. And it's like, well, both of us don't need to do that. Like, one of us needs to do the research, and the other one has to do the the hate comments. So eventually, once we figured it out. Past that first episode, we were okay. But it always kind of bugged me that the, the Ghost in the Shell episode doesn't really sound like the other episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was telling Steve, I was like, well, you know, we should probably go back and redo the Ghost in the Shell episode in the newer format because we have better audio now. We have better equipment. Right. We know what the fuck we're doing now to a degree. Yeah, that <laughs> I was, don't. That was, that. yeah, you never know what you're doing. We, we kind of like to have you for like the, the comic relief. Yeah. Like yeah, the bumbling the fool. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Nah, AJ knows what he's talking about. Especially whenever it comes to stuff like anime, and y'all see that later in the episode. Whenever we start getting into it, you'll yeah. His knowledge of an- anime and video games because I we really got into enough. anime it's pretty high. Yeah, it's we, pretty. We, high. we got into anime really because of AJ. Because yeah. I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z until AJ told me about it. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like I, yeah. a lot of times I didn't pay attention to anime until AJ told me about it because I didn't even really pay attention to Gundam until he was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so. actually, that's a good reference because I would like to eventually do an episode of Gundam. Yeah, which AJ would have to be here for that because oh yeah, we could because we did our Final Fantasy VII episode. That's one of my favorite episodes because AJ filled in the gaps about Final Fantasy VII that we didn't know. Mine too. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. And I I love that episode because of how smooth it worked. You know, Uh, that's why I reposted it over on the new platforms because I'm like that's one of our best ones. Yeah, we'll talk about our new platforms later. So. Let's let's get into it. Oh well, first let's uh, tell let's, them what we're drinking. Oh yeah, today, so John. Uh, today we're drinking uh, Belhaven Brewery's Scottish Ale, and uh, it's rich, nutty, and smooth. It's rich, nutty, and smooth, which is important. <laughs> AJ pointed out that John likes to pick out beers that are very nutty. Yeah, I don't blame him <laughs> because it gives you it gives you good flavor. Uh, you know, he wants to talk shit, but that uh, but that fucking pecan thing that he likes, he got that idea from me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Southern pecan also uh, is a, a beer that AJ brought. We had him on. We had that on one of our older episodes, but we don't know if that's a reposted episode. So how our system yeah, that was works? A newer episode. Yeah. How but. our episodes work is um, uh, we grade beers from one to three. And um, or is it zero to three? Zero to three, I guess. Zero to three. Zero means like don't even. Bother that's like summer anything. love. Yeah, that's summer love. That, yeah, that was awful. That was yes. the worst. Three. Yeah, yeah you like, were there for that one, right? That's the true. Three episode. would be like a dragon's milk or Kentucky uh, barrel. Or the, or the, any, pretty much anything that's Kentucky bourbon barrel. Yeah, yeah and um, those are amazing. But Bellhaven Brewery Scottish Shell, I'd give a three out of three and. I think we've already given three out of three to some yeah, of the delicious. Yeah. Uh, so these are really good beers. You guys drink them. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the la- la- Lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan? As well yes, as Lazy that. Magnolia, yeah. which makes the Mississippi Kiln beer. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're from Mississippi. Because I bought a six-pack of those for one of those shows. And yeah. Steve was like, oh, he was like, Lazy Magnolia, that's the people who make the Mississippi yeah, Kiln. Probably beer. one of my favorite beer brands ever, like – they are so good. Kiln, Mississippi, the home of Brett Favre. Yeah. Shout out to my brother who introduced me to that beer. Yeah. Oh. And he also does her intro music. So. Yes. Yeah, so shout out to Greg, because when we first started this show, we also didn't have intro music. It was no, just, it was just cold either. and awkward when we first started. And then eventually, uh, was it, did Greg just, he just volunteered. He's just no, I asked Greg, it. I was like, could you make some intro music? And then I oh. think it might have been a day or maybe two later, like he had... Intro music, trivia music, and comment music that he sent me. Yeah. And uh, we currently only use the intro music, but it's awesome. I can use the other ones, though, at any time. So, because I, you know, it's like, Eric, if you're listening to this, I do still have the clips of your stuff. We didn't just abandon it. We do have it. We just. We really don't do segments anymore. We just really kind of just flow with the show. Yeah. There's more explanation in this episode than normal, just because this is a remastered episode. This is like this is like Ghost of the Shell 2017, and we are going to repost. (laughs) We are going back into the lab and we fixed some shit. Yeah, we are going to repost that original episode though, because we're not embarrassed. We guys want you to hear the origins. Yeah, but that might be down the line. It's not going to be now. It's going to be kind of a special unlock, I think. Yeah, it's going to be like you know whenever you, you know, uh, get that. Golden Chocobo and 
You're able to go. Yeah, I can fucking go anywhere now. I can go get that anywhere. Nice of the round shit. Get that nice of the round. And wait five minutes to win his after summon. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Let me wait. It's like, you, God, why can't I skip this summon? <laughs> until you realize that you've casted mime on everybody and now everybody's going to mime this shit. It's like, fuck, I'm going to be here for 20 minutes. Oh my God, fuck. I'm going to win. But this is going to yeah. take. Forever. You can just, just, yeah, you can have like, what is it, uh, mime all or whatever, and yeah. it just mimes every materia. Yeah. And just have everybody use Knights of the Round, and you can just go take a shit, make a sandwich, come back, and you're like, oh, Sephiroth dead? Oh, okay, cool. I won. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sephiroth kind of a beat. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ghost in the Shell 2017, the reason we wanted to do this one first was because. This was one of the uh, episode. This was one of the the movies that we had talked about when we first started doing this show because we always knew we were going to do the Star Wars prequels at some point, and that was our Christmas special last year was the prequels because we really wanted to do justice for Star Wars. But the thing that we that was recent that we figured would be good for the show was the Ghost in the Shell, the Scarlett Johansson, because. Everybody fucking seemed like they wanted to jump on some yeah. sort of a whitewashing train, or why are they remaking this? You know, the original, you know, anime was so much, you know, is going to be so much better still. And we had all kinds of issues with shit, and we figured that this would be a good movie to take because this is an example of what happens when you let some kind of weird hate without any information take over. And I don't know exactly, you might have the notes of this, Steve, if you know how much money this made overall. But it did turn a profit. It I'm made $170 million. Yeah, and then what was the budget? $110 million. Okay, so it made like a $60 million, you know. Yeah. It made $60 million. It made money. Well, it made money. It made money. Yeah, it was but uh, I think very good. One thing that I think about this movie in particular is that the people who are going to complain about the whitewashing were probably not, never going to go watch it anyway. So those people you almost cannot even consider. The other thing, too, is that this is a cyberpunk movie about, like, you know, the internet and, like, cyber enhancement and all this kind of stuff. And it has Ghost in the Shell, especially if you watch the original uh, 95 Momoto Oshii movie or you watch Standalone Complex. It, even if you read the manga, it has a fuck ton of jargon that uh, that Shiro Masamune came up with. And if you're not, if and you're, Shiro Masamune, um, uh, before you get too far ahead, okay, uh, Shiro Masamune, who is he for the listeners? Shiro Masamune, he's hey, the. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I guess I know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you don't know who Shiro Masamune. Okay. Shiro Masamune, he's the uh, guy who drew the original Ghost of the Shell manga. Yes. Yeah. He's what the creator else has of Ghost he done? in the Shell and uh, Appleseed, and then he did a oh, few Appleseed. other ones. Right, yeah, because yeah. he wrote Appleseed as well. You know who he is, AJ. You just don't remember. I don't know the name. Yeah. yeah. But he wrote the original manga and he drew everything. So yes. all the original artwork was all done by Shiro. But. Uh, it's like uh, Appleseed was also the uh, a manga, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's Boston one of the other ones. Little animations. It was, it was good. That's yeah. one of the other ones that he's known for is uh, Appleseed. But. Uh, but if you look through the original manga for Ghost in the Shell, it has a lot of technical jargon in it. There's a lot of things that they that they use in the manga that would be if you if you weren't a Ghost in the Shell fan and you were just watching the movie and they used all the technical jargon, you would be fucking lost because you wouldn't have any idea what the hell Shiro was was like writing when he wrote that stuff. Well, well they write in layers. Japanese people write in layers. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you see a lot of American movies, they're written very plainly. Like, 
this is the storyline and this is the straight. Story. You go from yeah. A to Z here, story A to Z. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Japanese writers, especially the ones as good as he is, uh, write on like three different levels. They yeah. have the main story, they have uh, uh, backstory, and they usually have uh, up and coming story all yeah. built into the same character story. stories. Yeah, I mean, all, all kinds. Of stuff. <laughs> Because standalone complex, the the animated show is is written like that. Mm-hmm. Because there's standalone episodes that are just single one-off episodes that you have something that happens, they do a mission or they have to complete something, and then the episode ends and you just move on to the next episode. The complex episodes, you'll have all kinds of different things going on at the same time. Because while you're going through and you're trying to find out like things about the Laughing Man, you have either these other little things that pop up that might not pay off until like six episodes down the line because of how complex that story is. Like if you watch, you know, like the, the laughing man, like just in one continuous like feed where you watch all the episodes in a row, it is dense as shit. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of hard to keep up with sometimes. Yeah. That's why, like if you're watching standalone complex and you have the standalone episodes mixed in with the laughing man episodes, you almost have to go to the Laughing Man collection and watch them in a row so that it makes sense. Because if you watch a Laughing Man episode that relates to that story, and then you have two side stories, by the time you go back to Laughing Man shit, you're like, oh, fuck, what were they doing in the last episode? I forgot what the <laughs> fuck they were doing. They were looking for some dude, and then you get like sidetracked, and you're like, I don't remember where the fuck they were in this. It's complex. Yeah, it's complex. And so it's I good. think... I think one of the things about this movie is that when they wrote this, they're like, okay, we need to try and mix some of the things from standalone complex over. And we need to make sure that we have things from Mamoru Oshii's 95 movie, but we also want to do a lot of our own stuff too. And we want to add to it so that their twist on it. Yeah. They want to put their own kind of like adaptation on it. Right. You know, but it's uh, well, I guess that I'll, I'll go ahead and start with this then, since we're talking about adaptations. Okay, uh, so okay, so this is uh, what was this? Was this two different comments? I think this was like two or three different people, but doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter. It all kind of flows it's together all, anyway. It's all hate. Yeah, it's all hate. It's basically all hate. So um, it says uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, 2017. It takes the more iconic elements of the original Mamoru Oshii film and bastardizes them into a shallow, second-rate action flick with no substance or deeper appreciation for the source material. It would be difficult for an adaptation to live up to the 95 anime movie, but this doesn't even come close. I didn't want to hate it, but it was so bad I couldn't finish it. The 95 movie was very hypnotic, slow-paced rhythm, uh, much like Blade Runner, but this live-action version just feels so generic despite the fact that they tried to recall some aspects of the anime uh, film and the TV shows. This film lacks the philosophical themes of the original. It dumbs the political intrigue down to a bare minimum and also cuts the meditative quality of the 95 movie uh, production completely. The script is just a series of generic plot points spoken out loud. Every single line is just declamatory, like each actor is reading from the outline for a script rather than dialogue meant for any specific character. There are no honest emotional points of entry, no way to connect with any of the set pieces unfolding on screen. Even if it were not a complete disgrace to the classic uh, source material, it would be a complete disgrace on its own. 
this current pathetic attempt at whitewashing a whole genre, stri uh, stripping and dumbing down the storyline, removing all adult elements from the film to make it palatable or serviceable to a wider audience, should stand as a warning to every anime fan. Rupert Sanders has dishonored Shiro Masamune's original manga and Mamoru Oshii's 95 movie. No, in the first place, didn't he bless it in the first place? Like he said, hey, I loved it. Yeah, well, good. Shiro Masamune said that he liked what they did with it because he's like, this is, he's like, you guys added some stuff, but he's like, I can see what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, yeah, he's like, I think this is good. Even Mamoru Oshii, who did the original 95 animated movie, he said, look, he was like, I, he's like, I think that he's like, the, I, I'm honored that they borrowed some of the stuff from my version of the movie. And they, put their twist. Yeah, and they also put their own stuff on it. But he was like, he was like, my adaptation was different from Shiro's original manga. Yeah. You know, he even said, like, he said, I added things to the 95 movie that weren't in the original manga. And some things like Motoko's sexuality are almost completely taken out. Yeah. Shiro focused on Motoko's sexuality a lot. I mean, there's yeah. even like a whole page in the original manga where he's, She's having sex with like nothing but a bunch of women, you know, because she's bisexual and she just has sex with whatever, you know. And, right. and in the Arise TV show, she had a relationship with a guy for most of the uh, of the Arise series, you know. Um, and so Mamoru Oshii was like, I'm not really going to focus so much on her sexuality. I kind of want to focus on some other stuff. So he changed some things and he adapted it from the manga that was different from Shiro's, and then this is adapted from Mamoru Oshii's version. So it's like two things removed from Shiro's version in the manga, but even Oshii was like, I understand what they're doing, and he was like, I think Scarlet's perfect for this because she can act like the major. He was like, it's a difficult character to play. Yeah, you're a robot, you know. Basically. Yeah, you know, and he was like, it's a difficult character to play, and, you know, like even the, the you have to play that character well, otherwise the major doesn't work because the whole story is about her. Yeah. If she doesn't work, then nothing if else she's works. she's not believable, then what's the fucking point? Yeah, then you're not going to really, like, really be pulled in by anything else. Well, a lot of Japanese it. people that talk about uh, anime and stuff say a lot of anime is uh, drawn that way because it's supposed to depict foreigners. Like, the blonde haired and the blue eyes or the green eyes or anything like that supposed to look like Which, us. Man, they love the West. They love it. Yeah, I mean, they say that anime, a lot of anime characters that are drawn are supposed to be white. Yeah. Yep. They're drawn that way on purpose. Because it looks better yep. on the show. Like, whenever you draw something, it looks better that way. Right. Whenever you're doing a They like, get more emotion out of the characters. It'd be like, everything works better. It'd be like casting Vegeta, and somebody'd be like, "No, that's supposed to be an Asian." Be like, no, we got Hugh Jackman to play Vegeta. They're like, "Oh, yeah, you know that'd be a good idea." But then people yeah. would be like, "Yeah, but he's not Japanese." It's, it's like, like Vegeta isn't fucking Japanese. So just just saying. It's, it's kind of racist if you think about it because they're like, "Well, it's Japanese, so he should be Japanese." Well, the character that the Japanese done is a white guy. Yeah. So you're just being hypocritical, you know? Yeah. yeah Goku and Vegeta are they're just white people. Yeah. yeah. Trunks is he, he's half well. What is what is Bulma exactly? Bulma's white. She's just white. Yeah, I mean she's like white. Most people like, own, basically uh, most people in Dragon Ball Z are white, yeah. except for like what Master Roshi. Master yeah. Roshi. Master Roshi is Japanese. He's Japanese, yeah. and Japanese people wrote him to be stereotypically like yeah. Japanese. He's, he's like, super Japanese because all the horn mags and all that stuff he's got. He's oh super, yeah, because he's like he's like a dirty old man. Dirty old man. Yeah, he's super yeah. Japanese. They love that character. That's like one of their favorite characters, but just because they're like, yeah, this is like a bunch of Japanese old men. Yeah, yeah. 
He's and, the master yeah. that teaches Goku all the stuff and everything. But I, but I think that like whenever like people think about adaptations of stuff, and I even had one comment. I didn't save it, but I remembered it very very distinctly because they wrote in a whole paragraph in all caps. But um, <laughs> one 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 jackass said that if they had made this a shot for shot recreation like Zack Snyder did with the three hundred comic, if he had, if they had done the shot for shot exactly like Mamoru Oshii's movie. And just had the special effects added and all that kind of stuff. Same dialogue, everything exactly the same. He said that this movie would have been great. It just would have been like a like a remastered version of Oshi's '95 movie. And well, I was what's like, the that's point what they want. Just watch the anime. Yeah, it's like, but if you're gonna do that, just watch Oshi's movie from '95. And, yeah. and actually, the city and there are shots in this movie that are. Yeah. Exactly. They honored the source material, but they put their own twist to it. People yeah. just don't know how to comprehend. Even it. the fight in the storage drain—that's almost exactly taken from Oshi's yeah, '95. They're like movies. the city. Yeah, they're the like you can guys. literally yeah. go look yeah. at the one of the, one of the more iconic scenes in the yeah. whole. Yeah, you, you can literally go look at the city in this movie, and it's the exact same thing as in the anime. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Shot for shot, when they show it. Is exactly the same as the anime. Even the alleyway where Bato goes and Every feeds the dogs, that's yeah. just like it is in the anime. Yes. Yeah. And then even uh, Oshi's Beagle uh, shows up in the live action yeah. version mm-hmm. because Amor Oshi's like a, he's, he like loves beagles because he has one. He's always had a beagle for a dog. And so he always puts his, his beagle in the, in the animes that he does and like his different movies and stuff like that because it's kind of like his calling card. He always has that. And, uh, and Palau was awesome in this movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Palau Asbake or whatever. Asbak. Asbak. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about the other characters, and then we'll have we have an entire section based on the major because we have to. Yeah. Um, the bitch that's the biggest section of this uh, yeah. is the major. But as far as the adaptation goes, if you just took, uh, if you just took Oshi's movie from '95 and just recreated it shot for shot then you really couldn't say that Rupert Sanders did anything other than just supervise a remaster. Yeah. So yeah. what would be the point of having a whole new movie and everything if you're just going to recreate everything shot for shot from the older movie? It's, I hate anything like that. It's like, um, which you guys... Is, well, if, he, if he'd done that, they'd be like, oh, he's a lazy director. Oh, yeah. he didn't put his own twist. It just been he didn't do his thing. own work. He just stole from him. Yeah. 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 This guy's like, you should just steal from him. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's just like one of those things where it's like um, this this is something that's up and coming that's really really uh, is coming soon. It's like the Hobbit, you know. Yeah, because we're gonna cover the Hobbit. If in they would if Peter Jackson would have copy pasted directing the Hobbit, people would have been like, oh well, he was just trying to make a quick buck. That's just a yeah. cash grab. Yep. But he wrote a big epic story because he he knew what fans wanted. Yeah, I mean, he knew what Tolkien's vision was. Right. So he did it, and it was amazing. And people complain about it. It's like, how do you make three movies out of a children's novel? I'm like, for one, it's not really a children's novel. You know, The Chronicles of Narnia is a children's novel. <laughs> yeah. The Hobbit the Hobbit is an epic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fantasy, mean, fantasy epic. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a fantasy epic that children could read. But that doesn't make it a children's novel. Right. Same thing with Harry Potter. Children can read that, but I don't consider that a children's novel. People die in that. Mm-hmm. That's not a children's novel. All the time take over on school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But it's a I badass mean, high school. <laughs> yes, it's I wonder what their football team was like. Oh, yeah, they, play <laughs> That's right. they play Quidditch, yeah. Um, they would have been awesome at football. Not, <laughs> not, not Harry. He, no, not Harry. Right. Draco. Draco would have been a quarterback. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah because the quarterback face. He has quarterback. Face. He has quarterback face. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tom Felton has quarterback face. Right. <laughs> but uh, I I feel like when it Emma Watson to, cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's as far fantasy. as like adaptations go, it's like. <laughs> There's a, there's a lot of times I think people just they have issues with adaptations anyway because they everybody always wants to feel like well why do you remake this when the original one is, is still so good like um, if they kept talking about trying to do like a, a new version of like Back to the Future right and Robert Zemeckis you know because he owns the rights to the Back to the Future franchise and it's basically held in his family. Yeah, he'll have to die. Yeah, he'll have to die. He'll have to die and his family happens. will have to actually want to off. against his wishes say that Universal can remake that or whatever. Because he he basically said that he I almost wanted, feel like he should leave that to Michael J. Fox in his will. Yeah, it should be like, okay, the he's like, I'm not leaving it to my family. I'm leaving the Back to the Future franchise to you and Christopher Lloyd for however long he he's with us. And if Michael, it's like if you determine that you want them to do a remake, you have the power to do that. But I'm leaving it to you. It is up to you whether or not you want to remake this. I or feel not. like that's what they should do because his family might not have an emotional connection to it. They're like, oh, we can make a lot of money. But yeah. Michael yeah. J. Fox, Michael J. Fox, blew like, the no, no, fuck no, up he, after this movie. Yeah, he's like, you're not redoing it. Yeah, you're not going to redo this because you know the adaptation that they did for the Ghostbusters movie. I haven't seen it. I've only seen like clips and stuff on YouTube. I haven't seen it. But it's but, the fact that no one really wants to see it. Yeah, that's the thing is that nobody really wanted to see them remake Ghostbusters. And they I wanted think, a Ghostbusters 4 or 5, you know, all this stuff. Kind of shit. Yeah, like, and they just, yeah, think Keanu just got stuck in development hell forever, and they never really got anything off the ground. Bill Murray would never remake Bill Murray it. didn't really want to come back and do it, because he's like, dude, we already did all that stuff. Let's just leave it at 2 and be done with it. Yeah. Let's just do other shit. Why don't, we, why don't we keep going back? And Aykroyd's like, well, I want to do some more stuff with it. You know, and Ackroyd said he sent him the script for 25 years, and Bill Murray never once read it. He never read really? it because he just didn't have any interest in it. And then Harold Damn. Ramis, you know, he ended up dying before they got a chance to really try to do anything else. And so, you know, it. I, I think that like in a movie like that, the thing is about Ghostbusters is that when it comes to that adaptation, I haven't watched it, but I'm also not on IMDb complaining about like why the fuck did they make an all female version of this. I haven't seen it, so I don't have an opinion on it. Well, to me, to me, in my I'm not opinion, bitch about it. Is, is if Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis don't write it, it's not Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's just my opinion on mm -hmm. the matter. Like, I'm not, a, I'm, I don't have to watch it, and I don't have to have an opinion about it <laughs> because yeah. I didn't watch it. And that's the point of that's the point of this. You don't have to watch these things. You can skip some movies. Yeah. You know, if you you're like, like I don't have any interest in this. Don't watch it. Just leave it. I don't home. have to go on the internet and you know blog about it about how pissed I am. About yeah. It. Why is it for women? And like bitch a storm about it. It's like why, why? is it for women? It's like look, I don't, I don't think that was the greatest idea either because it's, it's not really showing progression for women. It's just showing oh we're gonna make an all women's movie now. Yeah. It's like no, why don't you just hire four good actors and if 
you know, a couple of Two those of them happen to be depend women, then that's awesome. Whatever works the best. Man. Yeah, but whoever yeah. has the best chemistry for the story is who you should cast, no matter what these fucking bitch-ass millennials want to say on Twitter. Right. I almost feel like Twitter should just be fucking canceled. Right, like, yeah. Why, why are celebrities ever on Twitter? Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar posted a thing on Twitter, was like, I'm posting a picture of this up on the wall just to remind myself not to eat too much on Thanksgiving. And people called her a fat-a-phobia. Huh. Wow. They told her that she hated fat people because she was trying not to eat too much on Thanksgiving. And this Thanksgiving. is Sarah Michelle Gellar? Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's like, y'all. hey, don't you fucking hate because you don't have a body like that. Yeah. And right. she wants to keep it. That right. Is, and yeah. then you're like, well, you just hate fat people. It's like she didn't say anything about yeah. hating fat people. She just said, this is her mind, her. She, is a personal, she shouldn't eat soup. It's a personal goal. Why are you, like, bashing her about Yeah. yeah. She can be physically fit as she wants to be. You fuckholes! Like right. it's the that's like these are the worst. This is yeah. the worst generation ever. Hey, that's why is. we have this. White oh, these, these comments are gonna get worse. Believe me. It, yeah, that's it why we have this whitewashing shit, which makes no sense. sense yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to save that for when we talk about Mudico. But um, but yeah, I, I think as far as the adaptation part goes, just to kind of wrap that section up, I think that anytime you do an adaptation. You are always going to get criticisms from the original one, obviously, because everybody's going to always say, well, it didn't didn't do this as well as the original one, but okay, this one did do some things better, you know, and stuff like that. The thing is, I think about this movie in particular is that the people who went to go watch this are generally going to be just like regular Ghost in the Shell fans. There's a lot of people who bitched and complained about stuff in Arise because they said that it fucks with the continuity of what we know about Modico and Section 9. Because it takes place before Section 9 is formed. If you ever watch the Arise series, I don't know if you have, AJ. I'm pretty sure Steve hasn't. Because I have them at the house. I've watched all of them in the movie. Um, But in the Arise series, uh, a lot of people bitched and complained that they changed how Modico's character was. And then instead of her being you know, like into women that she's into a guy and she has a relationship with a guy where they make her heterosexual instead of a lesbian. Like it's like Modico can be whatever sex she wants to be. She's a fucking cyborg, but people didn't like the way that like she wore like the, the red leather costume instead of the stuff she wore in standalone complex. And I'm like, well, this is Modico before, you know, she is the, the leader of section nine and everything. Well, besides Aramaki, but people didn't like that one because they said that that was, going into, like, before Section 9 is formed, and they didn't like how they adapted it. And I'm like, I watched it, and I thought it was fine, you know? I I mean, I think that uh, that's the thing, is that every time that they work on these different things, you always have whoever's leading that project will put some of their own spin into it. Even the Arise series, when, um, was it, uh, uh, was it Kashinori Kisei? He was uh, on the original 95 uh, manga, um, adaptation for Mamoru Oshii, and what he did was uh, when he was still working at uh, was it the Kodansha, the company that um, usually does like the distributing for the manga, and so when they were they were talking about like trying to uh, bring Ghost in the Shell back as like a micro series, and they were like, well, Kisei, you worked on the original ninety five manga. 
would you want to be, he was just, I think like an animator then they're like, do you want to be the project lead for this now? And we'll, you know, we'll promote you up and you'll be the project lead and you'll run the new arise project with the movie that we're going to put in with the show. And he was like, yeah, I have no problem doing that. That's great. And then he started thinking about like, well, what's the things I can add to the adaptation that wasn't there before that my, was the, my spin on it. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do with it because I'm doing the story at a, at a time when they've never done the story. Anytime usually ghost in the shell has been adapted. It's where Modico is already the major leading section nine and everything is just, they're already saying, yeah. doing their thing. This is her going from the military into forming section nine with the chief and Bato and the crew. And it's her putting everybody together. Yeah. And so he was like, I get to play around a little bit with this because I'm in a different time she's frame. She's getting her A team. Yeah, she's getting her team assembled to form Section 9. That's why they're so damn good, because she recruits most of these people. But it's like people didn't like that show because they're like, we just don't like the way you did some of the characters. And it's like, sometimes these motherfuckers are just never going to be happy. You're just going to have to, you're just going to have to make it the way that you want to make it, yeah. you know? It's stuff like that just irritates the shit out of me sometimes because it's like, please, just let creative people do their thing and yeah. leave them the fuck alone, honestly. Right. You know? <laughs> like people fucking uh, overhyping movies and underhyping movies before they even come out. So, oh, they're whitewashing yeah. and they, they ruin a movie that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they, movie. Like, uh, uh, what was it? When, Ghost um, Michelle was one of them. Like when uh, Gods of Egypt was coming out, and they're like, "Oh, look, they hired a bunch of fucking white people to play Egyptian <laughs> yeah, gods." Yeah. It's like you do realize that the director of this is, he is, is Egyptian. He is Egyptian. Yeah. You know, he basically did all the casting and everything for this because it's Alex Proyas. And most of the time, it was a bunch of white people complaining about a bunch of white people. Yeah. yeah. Did you see any people in 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 Egypt that were like, "Oh yeah, fuck that movie"? It's like people in Egypt were like, "Whatever." Like, it's a, it's a good movie. Right? Probably yeah. maxed out their theaters, like fifteen thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like uh, when they had uh, the lady that played uh, Cleopatra back in the day. It was yeah. uh, what was her name? The lady, the the, the older actress that played Cleopatra and the Elizabeth epic Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor. She, they had a white woman play. Cleopatra, and people didn't really say shit back in those days. Charlton Heston, like, uh, well, also fucking, it was Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, it was Elizabeth Taylor. Who's gonna say she couldn't play Cleopatra? Like the John Wayne actor to play uh, uh, Genghis Khan. Khan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know. I mean that. I mean, I think the thing that they fucked up on that was that they they made him look brown, yeah. so that he could His look more Asian. Terrible. Yeah, they should have just let him look like John Wayne, but kind of like Genghis Khan. Kind of should, yeah, they shouldn't have like facial hair made yeah. him like darker. Yeah. Because I don't think John Wayne thought like he was doing something racist. I think he just thought he was playing a part. But they knew that that was, like the studio knew that was racist. Right. They're like, hey, you know, act as this guy. He's an Asian. Okay, Pilgrim. Yeah, <laughs> you know John Wayne's just doing a part in a movie. Same thing as most of these actors that get these criticisms. Yeah. They're just doing a part. They're doing their job. Come on, now. you know yeah. Robert Downey Jr. played a guy that was playing guy. Yeah, but it's like, but if you talk to anybody who's who's black about him playing Osiris in that movie, they're like, no, man, Downey fucking killed it. He did a great job. Yeah, no one is Black people usually about... don't give a shit about that. They're like, yo, that was cool, It was man. Robert Downey Jr., because I think he earned his respect. He went through, you know, he, he, he's he been through hell and back. Yeah. yeah he and uh, he's, 
the better end of it. Yeah. Props. Yeah. Props to RDJ. Yeah. <laughs> Downey Jr. He got back on track. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So we'll take like a, a short break here, and then uh, let's see. What do you guys want to talk about next? You guys want to talk about how people thought this was a CG bullshit? What the fuck? This was this was a bunch of CG bullshit. Uh. Don't ask us. Lead your segue in. <laughs> I thought, well, we, I thought we were saying we had this down. I'm yeah. just kidding. Yes, that sounds good. That's, that's uh, me setting it up. To, 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 you did yes, a poor job. That. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll go ahead and start talking about how this is a CG fuck mess, right? Yes. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> for oh man. Eight. That was the white stripe for everyone that does not know who they are. Little I'm ghost, supposed. little ghost. The ones we love the Don't most. Yeah. Don't rape my butt. <laughs> what kind of ghosts do you have in your house, AJ? They can't rape my butt. <laughs> I got ghosts in my house and they're into butt stuff. So, <laughs> we all know that AJ loves his ghost. Right, yeah, exactly. I'm in love. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, when I was going through this, I was like, people, <laughs> anytime you have a sci-fi movie... With a large special effects budget, there's like always people that are like, this is shallow because it has, you know, all the CG stuff in it. Like, it's got CG in it, so it's just like, it's just like shallow and and useless and all this kind of stuff. And then, um, so I, I was coming across these comments and I'm like, okay, so apparently everybody just wants to talk about that for some reason. So, I figured, like, we'll go ahead and deal with it now. Let's do it. Um, so, it says, it says, they took a masterpiece and created uh, this generic, bland action movie that could be called Ultraviolet, Lucy, Aeon Flux, another awful remake, by the way, just to name a few, that by the end of the day will be completely forgotten. The opening credits slash cyborg creation sequence, called the shelling sequence, by the way, in case you don't know, uh, despite the bulk of the film's budget clearly having gone towards CG animation, makes zero sense physically, even for imaginary future technology, and just doesn't manage to compare to numerous previous attempts at similar sequences in other movies. Kind of interesting how they didn't mention any of that, but, you know, they yeah. didn't mention which ones. Um, the This movie's futuristic setting was so dull. Blade Runner's futuristic setting was dark, cold, and atmospheric. Whereas the setting in this one is disgustingly colorful, CG-ridden, and awfully stale. Cyberpunk, so, you dumb. So much, yeah, let me finish, AJ, and then I'll let oh, you go. I'll let you, let you finish. Uh, some movies pull the audience into the worlds they create, but this one just reminds me that I'm watching fake CG shit in a computer. There is no atmosphere at all. Movies like Blade Runner and The Fifth Element have depicted futuristic worlds in far more fascinating ways. It is really doubtful whether anything besides CGI actually happens. At moments, one can catch some glitches of the story, but that's all. The topic on mixing human with artificial organisms 
uh, has been uh, many times uh, has been used many times before and better, even when it was unbearable to watch and or stupid, as with anything starring Jean Claude Van Damme. One more proof that uh, what? One more proof that <laughs> no that? cast or director or technicians or CGI creators, regardless of how good they might be, can carry out the essentially meaningless manga content in a movie and make it worth the spectator's time. None of the brilliant atmosphere is there. No consideration of sound as an integral part of the story. No attention to detail at all. It was just a sad, sad, westernized, washed-away action movie with branding that probably costed more than that poor CGI. Get him, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Unleash hell! <laughs> wow. Uh, we must not be watching the same movie. Yeah, apparently. Because Jesus. Oh, my God. $110, uh, $110 budget. No, uh, $110 million budget. budget. Yeah. Um, that's very small. That means they didn't use specifically like tons of CGI in this movie. Yeah, they they used the CGI where it needed to be at, like in the yeah. city. Yeah, in the city. I mean, that's... but Bato's car was an actual car that they built. You know, the weapons were all basically like real weapons that they built. Um, you know, I mean, the sets for the most Scar part. Joe, that's all. That's all real, baby. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's beyond real. Why are people complaining yeah. about that? Yeah, that's it. That's not anything that you can make in a computer. No. Uh, fairies complain about this shit. So, right. so, you know, you in a world where you have $300 million budgets for Avengers and, you know, $350 million budgets for Avatar yeah. and, yeah. you know, um, hundred and no $220 million budgets for Justice Leagues. Yeah. Which, that might be something to complain about. Where, where did that go? Where did the fucking money go? Where did that go? <laughs> Was that covering up uh, Ben Affleck's hookers that he kills? <laughs> they had to CJ out all the hookers, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the joke from Chance. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, again, Ben? Yeah, again? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 because I wasn't with a hooker today. Take it, yeah, <laughs> take that mustache. <laughs> right. Um, wow. Yeah, but I think a hundred and ten million dollar budget for a sci-fi movie is in, in two thousand and seventeen yeah. is relatively low. That's the same budget yeah. that what Riddick had. If you think about it, what Riddick? Well, it was yeah. a little no, it was a little lower for Riddick. Like Chronicles of Riddick. Chronicles of Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like one hundred and ten million. Yeah. Yeah, and and Chronicles of Riddick was one hundred ten million. Chronicles of Riddick was Riddick was ten million, and that was made in two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. This movie is 14 years later and has the same budget. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's about 180 CG, yeah. probably yeah. million or something. Okay, you know, so yeah, Chronicles of Rick probably would have cost more to make. Well, Such a good movie. What these people probably don't realize is that those those geishas were actually built. Yeah, it was uh, what a works. What a, what a workshop. Yeah, those guys are awesome. They're amazing. Same people from War of the Rings. Yep. Yeah, and they, they also. People. Very talented. The uh, same people from Lord of the Rings. If you Rings. like Lord of the Rings and you hate this movie, you're a fucking hypocrite. Right. right. Yeah. All the Lord of the Rings had great CG. Like it actually looked real. It's like yeah. you know that's the same people that did this and they did the practical effects too. Yeah. Like Modico's body when uh, it's not like a Scarlet Dolls. playing her. The actual like the body of, of like Modico's like cyborg body was actually real built for real. Yeah. It was it was 3D printed. 
the real problem that people have with this movie wasn't whitewashing at all. So that's really, I don't think that's think, even really an issue. It's because oh, it oh, is. We'll get into well, that. Well, no, it's an issue. Only it's a fabricated issue, though. It's because yeah. a woman was the lead character, and that anytime we've seen has always been an issue. He's always yeah. come to an issue with white, like you know, whitewashing or. Uh, you know, they're comparing it to the original or something like that. That's a lot of problems with like a remake or anything like that. Somebody goes to put yeah. their own style to it. It's not like the original. No shit, motherfucker. It's a new movie. You know? Yeah. It's and a, this guy's going to put his own artistic direction to it and all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. Al Pacino's Scarface wasn't like the original Scarface movie. and could, but Al Pacino's know, also Italian and not Cuban. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's Italian and not Cuban. If they would have made that movie today, people would have been like, oh, well, you should have got a Cuban to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, oh, you're saying Al Pacino can't play a Cuban in a movie? Right. He's an actor. He is paid to act a fucking role. And yeah, also... People not understand about that. And also, he's one of the greatest actors of all time. Say hello yeah. to my little friend. Yeah. I mean, who else could Would have done that did. role? They're remaking Scarface now. They're, they're going to have to do it differently... Like they did the, this first time because you can't make this guy Tony Montana. Uh uh-uh. uh. Because if you make him Tony Montana, it's going to fail. Yeah. Because there's it's, no other Tony Montana. It's got to be a different type of. Because even the Tony Montana Scarface was not like the original Scarface. The other Tony was like a Chicago gangster. Yeah, he it? was an Italian. Oh, he was an Italian. Okay. He was an Italian because it was a Howard Hughes movie. Oh, right, yeah, because he did Scarface, yeah. right? Howard did Hughes. Did place in Chicago, or was it New York? I forgot. No, it was Chicago. It was Chicago? Okay, that's what, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you're right about the Chicago, but he was an Italian immigrant. Yeah. Huh. It's a story of an immigrant. That's what Scarface is about, a story of an immigrant trying to make it in America. That's And that's With why cocaine. all the Grand Theft Autos usually are about, like, somebody... <laughs> Grand Theft you know, Auto is a direct ripoff of Scarface. Right. Pretty yeah, much yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what that's yeah, like. Lindsay Lohan. Because, like, Vice, mm-hmm. City, Vice City is basically, yeah, right, because they ripped off Lindsay Lohan, right? Uh, with she, that I'm one character. I'm going to cover him. Yeah. I'm going to get I would rip off Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, I'd rip off. Yeah, you're doing some of those fucking code, bitch. Let me But, uh. Can you say no? Uh, we are uh, avid supporters of Lindsay Lohan on this show. <laughs> yeah. We make fun of her, but it's because, like, we, we want her to get her shit together her so shit we together. can see her more. So we can't, see so we don't have anything to say anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, just get, we get your fucking life together. Seriously, woman. Really. <laughs> but anyway, but, uh, yeah, I, before we get into to talking about uh, Scarlet, Modico, and all that sort of stuff, I think as far as the people that felt that this was just like a soulless, like, CG movie and stuff like that, it's like they really. They didn't use as much CG as you think because they had they built a lot of stuff practically. You know, like when those when you see the geishas like it head the head opens and everything, that is purely mechanical. They actually had a guy who built that and could puppet it off screen to make like the, the flaps and everything open in the geisha. So that they you know like they could do maintenance and stuff inside their head and everything. There's a yeah. lot of detail that knew that people just don't pay attention to. We yeah, only wish we knew these people's names. Right. <laughs> um, I guess we could watch the credits, but <laughs> Who does that unless it's a Marvel movie, right? Right. Um, so but, we're just waiting for the end credits scene. Really, Nick Fury with a pager? Yeah. Fuck this! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I 
I think the thing that a lot of people have is that, like, was what was the one of the things that people always bitched about on Ultraviolet was that it was just full of CG and it was just all style and had no substance. And I'm like, there's more substance to that movie than people think, but also it also got kind of its knees kept taken out from under it because they cut so much of it. If they would have kept it in the original version that the director wanted, that movie would have had more substance because there was way more stuff with yeah, Violet. The studio cut it all. There was way stuff. more stuff with Garth in it, and they just cut all that shit out, you know. And uh, it was Kurt Wimmer. And Kurt, Kurt Wimmer was like, fucking like, I hate. He was like, I fucking hate these guys because they really just butchered my baby. He was yeah. like, this is. This was the movie that he was waiting to make, and he was wanting to, and, you know, Jovovich usually is on the editing process of every movie she works on now, and they cut her out of the out of the booth and wouldn't let her do any edits. She, she didn't know what her performance looked like. They didn't let her see any of her, like, uh, dailies or anything. Oh, wow. Yep. Anytime and, you, you let a director and a lead actor, like, not be a process of editing the movie, it's Always, shit. always going to be a failure in the box office. Yeah. Leonardo they can't DiCaprio, make sure that everything's at its best. Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio exactly. won't do a movie if he isn't part of the editing process. Like, yeah, literally, he he is that in Leo's contract that he has to. Be I'm pretty sure it is. I remember when he did Catch Me If You Can. Spielberg said that after every shot, he would go behind the camera camera over there with the dp the director of photography and he would be like no i didn't like how that looked we're gonna do another take and spielberg was like who's directing this movie he's <laughs> <laughs> like he was directing this shit like, oh, bitch. Um, yeah because leo would go back over there because a lot of people don't know the directors aren't the ones that actually shoot the films it's the director of photographies that actually shoot the film and make it <laughs> get its look the angles yeah the directors actually just direct the actors on set and then how the set's supposed to look and stuff the dps are actually the guys that get the look get the look the scene yeah they get the scene scene. but one thing that i think people forget sometimes is like when when you walk outside steve and aj when you whenever you guys walk outside do you see giant holograms outside of the buildings Oh yeah, all the you time. Know, yeah. Like we walk outside and we're like, "There's fucking holograms everywhere." No, yeah, we never yeah, holograms. Yeah. you know, you know, yeah, exactly. Like you're you're basically you're trying to create a world that Does doesn't exist. exist. Yeah. This is the people always complain about computer generated graphics and stuff like that. People complain about that on so many movies because we cover a lot of sci-fi stuff. We cover yeah, a lot of action movies. Our Star Wars prequel episodes. Yeah. You know, even like when we talked about the fifth element, people didn't like, you know, some of the CG from the fifth element. And people definitely didn't like it in Ultraviolet. That was one of the things they well, hated like about that, Ultraviolet. Like, I was talking about how it's too, it's too colorful. But what about he just, he, he prays in fifth element, but fifth element had a lot of color in it. It's a very bright and vibrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, come on, dude. Well, it's a shit. fucking French director. He's going to yeah. throw as yeah. much color as he possibly can. Yeah, it's Luc Besson. Yeah, it's Luc Besson. Luc Besson. He's going to make that shit. Beautiful. Yeah. It's like Valerian. I mean, a lot of people didn't like Valerian, but that shit is beautiful. Yeah. Like, that whole movie is beautiful. I was very close to buying that one. Day and so because... is Cara Delevingne. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me have that. Um, so we'll eventually probably do Valerian. I just have to actually watch it. But I'm pretty sure we'll do that Spring bringing the point. thick eyebrows back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I just feel like... Dick. If you're, <laughs> get my brows. Yeah, Dane DeHaan. 
Oh, you anyway, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Little sidetrack there, huh, guys? Um, uh, but it, I, I think that when it comes to something like Ghost in the Shell, it's like you, you have to. I mean, this is basically an adaptation of a manga. You know, it was something that was drawn to be cyberpunk back in the '80s. So, of course, Shira Masamune is going to be influenced a bit by stuff like Blade Runner and, and those kind of things that are like that cyberpunk kind of future. The only thing is, is that there's parts of the city that look really good and they look very clean and pristine. And then there's the then there's the part that like Major and Bato go to that's kind of like you know the back alleys. It's like the place like where yeah, you know, like like the drug dens, the cyber dens, and stuff like that where. You know, everything is, is kind of run down and filthy. Well, it's like how uh, Dragon Ball Z is a direct ripoff of Superman. Yeah. Basically. To a degree, yeah, basically. I mean, we, you know, Vegeta's General Zod, Goku Superman. You know, I mean, it's it's just a more. Um, well, have y'all have y'all seen uh, Altered, uh, Altered Carbon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like a ripoff of Blade Runner, if you want to call it. It is, and but it, it has its, its also own... got some Ghost in the Shell stuff in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like a Blade Runner yeah. Ghost in the Shell thing. Uh, Joel Kinnerman uh, is awesome in the first season. Anthony Mackie is going to be the same character in the second season. Really? Um, so... I love it. No one's going to get... Fi- no, no one got fired, but just like Ghost in the Shell, anyone can play... Yep. That character, which is yep. the point, which I think that's the point Altered Carbon's trying to make on yep. Netflix, is anyone can play this character. Yeah. Even like, though it's a dude who's supposed good. to be half Japanese and half Polish, Takeshi Kovacs can be played by anybody because he doesn't have his original body. It even says that in the intro, that, that the body is not who you are. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, hey, Your there mind you go. Is who you are, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Joel Kinnerman, like, fucking rocked the shit. Like, Fuck, he fucking yeah. was, like... I saw him in the Suicide Squad, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, this guy's he's good, all right. You know, it's like, well, yeah, Suicide Squad. Yeah. You didn't get shit out of what he could actually do until you see that. Like, that. Nah, well, it's in uh, the remade RoboCop, which was also kind of yeah. hated. He was awesome in that, too. Yeah. Um, for some reason, a, a lot of people didn't watch it because of the outfit he wore. This 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 world fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> people are like it's stupid. It's like nah, it's pretty high tech, slick back and smooth. You know, shit. He's actually wearing some tactical shit instead of yeah. some bright silver shit. Yeah, I'm a cop. Like a fucking car. Yeah, cops have a high budget like me. I'm robo fucking cop. Yeah, yeah. I'm That's pretty much how the originals shit. went. Yeah, he was just like this big bulky dude that got shot all the time. Yeah, he got the he was and they're like, "Oh, you made him look cool. Fuck this movie, right?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since we can't do Ghost in the Shell without talking about Monaco, let's talk about the major. <laughs> um, so that's one thing going through this is that like almost anybody who wrote anything of substance wrote about Scarlet. Some people said that Scarlet did a good job considering that, like, the script was poor or whatever. Like, that's what people, some people said that. And other people were like, Scarlet Johansson is terrible. And so they just, they just immediately didn't like it because of, of Scarlet. But, I was going to say, what did the smart people say? <laughs> <laughs> the people who gave it nines and tens thought that she knocked it out of the park because it did get a lot of nine and 10 and eight ratings and stuff on IMDb. You know, there's people on Rotten Tomatoes that gave it like a five star, four star. Rotten Tomatoes four and a half. is toxic. 
That's all. Yeah, no, Rotten Tomatoes, if you want to find where the pure evil is in the world, you go on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes ruin the movie. Because I have to do that to do this. I have to sift through all of the horrible shit that people say. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) critics are kind of like... They're yeah. kind of like journalists nowadays. They, they'll put some bullshit out there and say, oh, look at all the tension. Oh, look at all the tension. Yep. Yeah, you want to get clicks on the website because we said some crazy shit. Yeah, well, they they tried to start something like, oh, yeah. did you guys notice that uh, Aladdin uh, casted this white dude with blonde hair? And that, that everybody's like, oh, shit, they did? Why well, fuck that. White uh, people with blonde hair can never be in the Middle East, even though they've... Like Jake Gyllenhaal in Prince of Persia. You yeah. Know? Uh, even though they pretty much almost always have been in the Middle East, it's not like that's an invasion. Right, white people in Africa. Like, there's not white people in Africa. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. it's called yeah. South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. 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 Basically, there's also Dutch. Eighty percent white yeah. people. There's Dutch down there because yeah. if you ever if you ever listen to Afrikaans, it's basically Dutch and African mixed. Yeah. Because the Dutch also conquered part of of Africa as well. So there are African speak African people who can actually speak Dutch because it's been passed down. I mean, there's only two things I hate: people that are untolerable of other culture <laughs> and the and Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> yes, off the powers, bitch. No, we we do <laughs> like one Dutchman. His name is Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. <laughs> dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Can I have one, uh, can I have a mead? Yeah. <laughs> one autumnal mead. And they lock him in the stocks anyway. But anyway. No, because he kept after asking. Yeah. He was like, could we make that a, it was like. Could it be, could it be like, like, like nutty and full body? And they're like, just fucking lock him in the stocks. <laughs> Dark deal with his asshole. <laughs> but lights for everyone. But lights for everyone. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> That is a hilarious commercial. It is pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> and then when they have the Bud Knight raiding the castle, um, and it's like, why are we dealing with these people? It's like we're 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 raiding their castle. We're just we're just distracting them. And you see the Bud Knight. He's like, attack, man! Attack, <laughs> man! Like, like raiding the other the other uh, the other uh, people's castle. But uh, but anyway, um, so I'll go ahead and. Th- this this reads for a little while, so just buckle up here. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a lot to read here. Um, oh man! Yeah, it's the, this is the biggest section of all of this. I spent almost uh, what an hour and twenty minutes just going through Modico comments to make you, all this. You cool. know, Americans are like eighty percent ADD. Oh yeah. <laughs> so buckle up. You might have to pay attention for three minutes. Um, that can, might be a lot. I know. I'm super focused. They're gonna be like. Maximum yeah. effort. <laughs> yeah. You ooh. can't see me, but they're like, ooh. Yeah. A star. <laughs> oh, I'm listening to that. Yeah, that's it. Ooh. A Squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, car. 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 That's my car. Oh, that's my car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> millennials. Because <laughs> um, one day a millennial is going to be president. Yeah, there it goes. Let's just let's just put that in the back of your mind for now. And we'll be like, it's a major. law. It's a law. Yeah. It's gonna be like if Frito was president from uh, uh fucking uh, every Tuesday. Idiocracy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he'd be like, it's a law. It's a law yeah. that you tweet at least five times a day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, 
So it, it starts off here. It says the uh, the legendarily bad actress Scarlett Johansson is also here, still getting roles somehow. But it makes a little difference as she is a one woman army that literally has no that has really has no part in this. And this version of Ghost in the show, we have the most overrated actress to ever appear on screen with her raspy voice and failed delivery. Uh, Scarlett walked as if she had ten sanitary towels between her legs in this movie. <laughs> jo- That's Johansson, funny as fuck. <laughs> Scar- Scarlett is always pretending she is an actress. Choosing her for the part against everyone being vocal that she was miscast didn't serve the movie at all in the end. She brought with her the baggage of a, of a big star name, uh, and a cost- which includes a costume to avoid appearing naked. Uh, and a blonde Western white woman playing a Japanese character, a convoluted, almost drug performance, etc., and gave almost nothing to the material as was expected. Through much of the film, uh, Miss Johansson wears a skin-tight bodysuit. Perhaps this is a C- this is a CGI motion capture suit. In either case, it makes her look strangely, completely naked and not naked at all at the same time. I can, you guys can't see AJ's reactions over here, but he's just like going off. Let, let me finish. Because <laughs> we're going to finish. This. Let me finish. Can I finish? Um, uh, in fact, she went, she went one over and messed everything up. She just couldn't do it. This was a role she had no business being involved with. The one good thing that has transpired is that whitewashing is now taboo in society, which also means there are less roles for the likes of Johansson here. Okay, two good things. But Hollywood's problems with imaginations, uh, with imagination, still remains. The exposition: Where is it? Unless you've seen the anime, I haven't. It's very unclear who she is, exactly who she is working for, and why she is doing what she is doing. Which is what again? In question marks. If you're doing, if you're going to unwrite her backstory, this is a second. This is another person, by the way. So that's why this changes. You don't have to say that. So, just so, you, <laughs> so you know, this isn't one continuous thought because it wouldn't make sense if I didn't say that. If you're going to unwrite her backstory to people that have been loyal fans and followers of the Ghost in the Shell story for decades, you better get the story right first. Her brain case was from another artificial body she grew out of and was later offered the job in Section Nine. Without the custom new one, she would have remained just another ghost in a shell. She wasn't the first of her kind, either. Scarlet is the wrong actor to play the major. Didn't she watch the films or the series to get a better understanding of the role she was asked to play? She couldn't capture the intensity and strength of the voice talent of Mary Elizabeth McGlynn for the character. This film is obviously for people who are too stupid to say Motoko, so they changed the main protagonist's name to Mira. The stupidity doesn't stop here. Every time they call her Major, it sounds like they're saying Mature with a T for some weird reason. Cybernetic milfs with guns. <laughs> In this prequel slash origin story, a girl was a runaway teen who was kidnapped by the stock villain Evil Corporation, had her brain removed, wiped clean, and implanted into a cybernetic body. Lo and behold, only a year later, she is a Major and a leader of the Section 9 crime squad. Is it perhaps the quickest rise to rank in mili- military history? <laughs> okay, that, that it? That's all of it. Yeah, that's that's the end of it. Okay, so so for one, the most overrated actress of all time definitely would not be Scarlett Johansson. I think it's pretty much a fact that it's Marilyn Monroe. Monroe? 
because if you ever went back and rewatched any of her movies, she only got any of those parts because she was hot and she slept with the directors. Because it is a proven fact that she slept with pretty much everyone she worked with. Okay, we already covered the one part where, like, her outfit is 3D printed. Like, it's it was a lot of work that, you know, put into that suit to make it. Well, her, her the, the cybernetic body of her is 3D printed because they, they built that out of, like, pieces that right. they 3D printed and then they assembled. Whenever you see uh, Modico as, like, the Android, like, version or whatever, where you well, can see, like, her chassis. Capture. Yeah, like what the, suit. the the suit is a thermoptic suit, and yeah. it's always been in Ghost in the Shell, always will yeah. be because Major always goes into it's fights. Iconic in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah, she always wears the thermoptic suit because it basically what it is is it's an, it's a it's a thermoptic camouflage, so she she can appear of, in, invisible in plain sight because it bends the light around her, so you basically it looks like the surroundings and you don't see her. The only time it messes up is when it interacts with uh, certain things in the environment. Like water. Um, like water can affect it. That's why it starts to break down and it doesn't show up that well whenever she's like beating down the garbage dude and the and the drainage runoff. Um, which is like iconic because yeah. her chase because there's the guy with the with the Uzi and he just he just starts like you know trying to shoot everything. In this movie, he's trying to kill Ule uh, in the car, and then he has to chase. He has to take off and he throws the hood over and everything. And his hood is made out of the same materials, the thermoptic camouflage, but it's like a, she's it's like a, it's like a bargain version of it. Like it's just something. She's got that some high tech military. It's grade. something that Kuze just quickly put on that guy uh, because he knew he was going to hack him and take him over later. So he put him on that rain suit so that he knew that he would have the ability to go invisible whenever he was dealing with Ule. The major suit is actually military grade suit that it can withstand things that his suit can't because his suit just starts to glitch and fuck up around water. Hers can be in water for a lot longer before it starts to, it starts to break the illusion. But that's, but I think that, you know, they're like, well, they wanted Scarlet to be in this movie because she can wear like a bodysuit and look naked, but not really be naked. Yeah. And, and it's she like, can act the role. I mean, she's a you know, big name actor, but I mean, like the time she did, she couldn't act the part. Well, she is she's acting the part of a machine, a person right. in this in this body, in this mechanical body. She's gonna act like a you know, she's got, you know, twenty thousand or snatch, you know. Right. I mean, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you expect? But the thing about whitewashing is taboo. He said whitewashing is taboo. Yeah. She is an Asian she has a, is a, a, a an Asian mind in a in a white body that was given to her, not by her choice, in the movie. Yeah, pay the fuck attention. You know, it, it would have been actually stranger if she would have been put back into an Asian body. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We Honestly, take your, like, like in, in. We didn't harvest your brain, you know. Shit. You know, in Ghost in a Shell, whenever you watch it, I don't think a lot of people ever thought that that was an Asian body. It's not. I know that they think, I know they know that's an Asian character, but they don't think that's an Asian body. The only thing that is actually distinctly Asian about Motoko in the manga and in all of the TV series is her name. Because her name is Japanese, Motoko Kusanagi. She is not Japanese. They don't really know what she is. And the Japanese people she's a, that was she's interviewed a, after the movie came out said themselves, like, well, it, it looks... Uh, they thought Scarlett Johansson was perfect for it because uh, they're like... You know, 
well, you know, white people are perfect for anime. They are. That's just the thing, because they draw a lot of anime to be white people. Look good. Yeah, really good. Because it looks good in their drawings. And Japanese people like to fantasize about something that's not Japanese. Right. But they like it to be inside Japanese culture. So that's why Ghost of the even exists. For real, it's like, okay, this, this woman's Japanese, but she's in a white body. It's exactly down their alley. Because they can make it a Japanese character while also drawing uh, what they like Anything to draw. It's appealing to the Because the they Western have crowd. a you know, Western fetish. You know, Japanese, since anime, has fetishized Western people. like Because they're like, only foreigners can be blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Yeah. And they draw those people all the time. It's like in Death Note. Uh, it got a lot of controversy. Yeah, you got to be light and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Death Note got a lot of controversy because they didn't hire any Asians to do the Netflix version of it. And and then whenever they were asked about it, like the Japanese people was asked about it, they was like, well, it's probably because we already have a Japanese version well, in the, in the of manga, Death Note. That's yeah. probably why they didn't want a Japanese person in it. In the because manga, in the series, he's, he's, a, he's a blue-eyed, blonde-haired dude. He's a white guy. Yeah, but, but they actually have a live-action movie in Japan yeah. of Death Note, yeah. played by nothing but Japanese people. So they they didn't think anything of it. Yeah, they're we like, well, they Note. probably did that because there's already a Japanese version of this. Like, hey, this it's just like Hunger Games. There's no controversy over that, but it's basically a direct uh, ripoff of Battle Royale. Yeah, because Battle Royale was yeah, it's yeah, it was already a thing. It was already a thing, but there's no whitewashing over Jennifer Lawrence. Because well, what about her? Fun. What about her damn military rank? Was it a year? I, I didn't. Well, yeah. In, in this story, she is given the rank of major because she's only been shelled in that body for basically a year. Because as Motoko, as a teenager, uh, they they take her and they take Kuze and they take all the other kids that are in the, in like the Lala zone, they call it, yeah. which is the remnants from the world war four. Uh, well, at least in the, in the manga, it was world war four. It was like the, the part of the city that was like destroyed that they never rebuilt. Right. And so the kids go there and they hang out cause they're kind of like, they all run away from home and they want to have their own community. So Kuze and Motoko uh, or Hideo and Motoko, they go off to this thing. They get pulled from it. Hank, it takes them. And then uh, they experimented with Kuze first, and he was a failure. That's why he's all fucked up and he's glitchy and his body's all weird. And then they took Dude's Mot- awesome, though. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Pitt. Uh, he does a really good job as Hideo Kuze. Yeah, he does. But, um, uh, but what they did with Motoko is they basically they made the entire body around her and only saved her brain and then shelled her into that. So basically, after and uh, that's why she's a ghost in a shell, a, a, shell. a, a yeah. shell, a machine. The shell doesn't matter. Yeah. The shell doesn't matter. The shell can literally the be Kevin doesn't. Hart. Yeah, it does it not be matter. Anything. Yeah, but the thing about this is that, like in the original, like on all the other adaptations of this, she was a major in the military during World War Four. And she also served at one point in the original story. She served uh, with uh, Bato, but in the Arise series, uh, Bato was already like a, he was a war veteran, 
and she she didn't serve in the war with Bato. She discovered him later on uh, in the Arise series anyway. But yeah, she is a year out, but they give her the rank of major because in this unit, she is the major that runs the unit. And then the second in command to her would be Bato, basically. And then it would go to probably Togusa. Although Togusa's... The Arise in- series, a lot of people don't consider... Canon. Uh, canon. Really? A lot of people don't. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier because a lot of people didn't um, like it. They don't think that it matters. They don't it's think it's good because I actually have watched it. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I got like... called out about that earlier. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I didn't. You, know you might have watched it, AJ, but I know you haven't watched it, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> you couldn't say. Thanks, you you watched it, Steve. You you're just like I know you haven't watched it, uh, but you know. Uh, <laughs> You could have corrected me at the time. But, you saved this for like an hour later. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> like, gotcha. But, but a lot of it isn't because the original creators didn't have anything to do with it. Um, so, you know, but whenever you're trying to create something like uh, big, like Ghost in the Shell, it's, it's kind of universal. I mean, it would kind of be like going back to the Hobbit, like the same thing where Peter Jackson created some of his own storyline inside that. Yep. And, um, like Toriel. Yep. Well, Toriel and, that you know, a lot of made up Legolas storyline inside of the Hobbit did never existed. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I want Legolas in this. Yeah. So this is what Legolas is doing. Fandriel was in it, but Legolas wasn't, you know, Legolas wasn't a part of The Hobbit. Uh-uh. But we're all better for having seen that. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, no, he can kick his dad's ass because his dad was definitely afraid of him. <laughs> Even though he was a badass himself. Yeah, he was a badass in damn self. But uh, the one thing that, that I will say about, about this movie in particular is that this movie actually pays... It actually is... It makes Motoko more Japanese than she ever has been. So for all the people who wanted to say that, like, well, you know, Motoko is a Japanese character. Why is Scarlet playing her? It's like, look, in the in the older stories, they don't really know exactly who she is. She was given the name Motoko Kusanagi. It's not who she actually is. Because in the original, original story that they had, uh, that they explained in, like, Standalone Complex, I think it was the second season, she was uh, basically in a plane crash, and, like, both of her parents were killed, and the only thing that survived for her was her brain. They were able to save her brain inside of a cyber brain so they could transport it. The, her body was basically forfeit. So they put her into uh, they put her into like a little girl's body because they knew that she was young. And then eventually, as she grows older, she gets shelled into larger and larger bodies as she as her mental age changes because her physical body can't unless they shell her into a new body. I think that's how AJ ages. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Um, you got so, me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have had some enhancements, though, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Own the dick. Just put the whole budget into the dick. Own the dick. Just put the whole budget into the dick. I'm like, that better. I don't care about everything. Yeah, everything else can go. Yeah. Muscles, who gives a fuck? That's a, a dick bag. That's a t shirt. Yeah. All in the dick. But uh, in this story, they actually make Motoko more Japanese because in this, she was actually like a teenager and her name was actually Motoko Kusanagi. Her mother's Japanese. 
You meet her mother during the course of the movie, and they actually made it where she's more Japanese now than she was Ever. in the older stories, you know? Yeah. Be- because Cause they couldn't really make her less Japanese. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean, you really only can make her more Japanese, basically. Yeah. But because we get she is Japanese. Right. But okay. that doesn't mean her body has to be Japanese, because the title of the movie is Ghost... No, they're trying to make her lose her identity in the first place. Yeah, Yeah, so they don't want to make her a Japanese shell because they're trying to distance her from who she is. That's why they also gave her the name Mira as well. Her initials are still the same. Her initials are still MK, but it's Mira Killian in this because they give her a different name so that she doesn't even think about anything Japanese until the glitches start happening. When the glitches start happening, she starts seeing things from her previous life because she sees the glitch of her cat. She sees the glitch of the pagoda that they hung out in. And she starts seeing these things. And she was like, what the fuck is well, all they, this? Wasn't they giving her something to wipe her mind or like yeah, suppress a, her memory? It's like a like thing that? that she like she has in her uh, in her apartment that she can like swish around. Right. It's like a serum or something that she like implants into the holes in her neck. And yeah, what it does is... They tell her she it, needs it. It's, yeah, they tell her that it's... It's something that she has to take because otherwise her brain will reject the body because it, it knows it's not supposed to be there. But what it actually is is it's suppressing her memory so that she can be as much of a clean slate as possible. Right. Hanker Robotics does not give a fuck about any of these people that they take over. They are designed to be weapons. That's why Motoko is built the way she is because she is built to look like a regular cyborg, but she has military-grade hardware inside. She's always been like that, even in the manga and the in the '95 movie and everything. But Motoko, in terms of the way that Shiro Masamune always had her, she was always supposed to look like other androids, so that way she didn't look different. Even in the '95 movie, she looks at a window and she sees another like another robot that looks exactly like her. Yeah. But she knows that she has a human brain inside, and that one doesn't. You know, when she she's, sees it through the window? She's far superior. <laughs> yeah. And she also has military-grade hardware because of the way that her body's built, which I think is titanium, I think is what they built her out of, or something like that. It's like a titanium weave or something. Well, I don't know what Scarlett Johansson was built out of, but it was damn, Damn, I don't think you, you can't build that. No. That's just that's just all natural woman right there. Yeah, you could build the most perfect robot in the world, and then still Scarlett Johansson walk in the room. And they're like, "Fuck, we can't even." This is a Johansson fuck all right. Yeah. yeah, it ain't nothing like the real thing. But that's like but that's life. part of it though is that like sometimes <laughs> Motoko's model is taken from sex dolls. Not what really? they do, yeah, because that's how it is. That's how it is in the in the yeah, TV show. Yeah, because creator was a perv. Yeah, the creator. Yeah, Shiro Masamune is a all total Japanese pervert. people are pervs. Yeah, super pervs. Yeah. So basically, Motoko, her body more often than not is actually taken from a sex doll, a sex android, <laughs> and is converted to be military hardware underneath. But she looks like all the other models, like you know, that are like her. So in the uh, standalone complex series, that's why she has purple hair and red eyes because her body is based off of a sex doll. That's why <laughs> she also wears the jacket and she wears the like the, the bikini and stuff like that is because. She wants to. That's sometimes one of her tactics is to lull people into a, this sense of that, like you know, she's going to have sex with them because she looks like a, like a sex bot. Right. 
But then she asked how much. And then asked how much. <laughs> Five dollars sake sake. <laughs> no, me no want no Alabama blast day. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get it. Um, but that's the thing is a lot of times she is designed to look exactly like a sex doll that exists. and But she just has military grade She'd hardware kill underneath. She'd rat in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. No, she would just crush him with <laughs> her legs. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but that's I think the the thing about Motoko is that like how could you be Japanese if you have purple hair and red eyes like the, no <laughs> Japanese stupid. person has that. Yeah. So to say that like oh it's supposed to be a Japanese woman that has to play this role no false yeah. it doesn't have to it's be just anybody fucking people. Yeah. yeah, people that don't understand Ghost in the Shell have an outrage about this and have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Yep. The other thing too, people that talked about like the way that she walked and the way that she acted. Go back and watch the original 95 movie and see how many times Motoko stares into the screen and doesn't do anything, doesn't move, doesn't act. She is act. a machine. She's a machine yeah. that is still under... And she can have moments where she's human, but there's other moments when she doesn't have to be. Yeah. You know, especially when she's on a mission. When, when she's on a mission... She's, she's cold. She's cold. She's Fuck. ruthless. She shoots to kill immediately. Like in the first episode of Standalone Complex... There's the, which is kind of where they borrowed some of the geisha stuff from. Yeah. There's yeah. geishas that have been hacked, and they have a bunch of people hostage inside of a geisha house. <laughs> it's a tea house. And the geishas have been hacked, and they've taken these people hostage. Because uh, one of them, I think, is like an ambassador, and then the other dude's like a prime minister, I think. You know, they're like, they're like political people, yeah. and they're being held hostage by these geishas. As soon as they go into that facility, uh, the lights are off, and because Motoko and Bato have like the night vision, she just shoots the geishas directly in the head. Take. Like, and she shoots all of them basically with one shot. It's a one shot, one kill. And yeah. She takes all the rope and she takes all the cybernetic geishas out. And then, uh, then, then her and Bato proceed to, to finish the mission there. But the thing is, is that like, she has moments when she's more human and then she has moments when she's cold, like a robot. Yeah. And it just depends on like what's going on. I mean, there's moments in like the second <laughs> season of the, uh, of standalone complex where, you know, there's a problem with like section nine from the first season and they have a bunch of shit that happens and they get disbanded. Well, Aramaki's trying to put them back together. And so he's, there's a hostage situation that's happened. And he was like, and he's basically saying like, well, Hey, look, prime minister, if you guys will allow me to rebuild my team, I can rebuild section nine. And if we accomplish this mission and your people can't, I want to get my funding back and bring the section back. So Modico is basically on standby waiting to tell the guys what the chief tells her from dealing with the prime minister. And she was like, well, guys, she's like, either we're going to do this mission or we're going to go to the nudie bar. Either way is going to be a good night. You know, <laughs> so like, you know, she's thinking like, OK, well, hey, if, if we don't have to do the mission, we're going to go see some titties. And everybody else is like, oh, yeah, OK, <laughs> you know, because that's how Modico is. So sometimes she can be. You know, personable and friendly like that, and other times she's like a like machine. Shut it off. Yeah, she can just shut it off immediately because she knows she has a mission to do. She can do that. It's but, kind of the boss I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of what I want to bet. Yeah. But uh, but no that's, emotions, just right. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> go to town, kill her, beat it up. I'm but, but I think. Um, Motoko would destroy you. Yeah. But that's the that thing is that, like, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes her movements do look robotic and they look like a machine because that's what she actually is. Yeah. And Scarlet does a very good job of, of mimicking the stuff that the major does, you know, like just her posture and everything. Yeah, she definitely dances the walk of a monkey. <laughs> 
that's a throwback to our original version of this show. Yeah. <laughs> she apes the walk of a monkey. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was my only throwback. Dry. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Um, but I, I think that for the, and this was something that we talked about when we, when we covered this the first time, what Japanese actors do you know can get a movie made like this with a hundred and ten million dollar budget and worldwide distribution that can perform at the level that Scarlet can, can, can we think of a Japanese actress that you could throw in this role that would be able to command that kind of money from a studio to get this made? No, there isn't. There could be some that they could get close. I mean, you'd have Asian actresses that would be good at this, but can they get the money together? Yeah, because because we we talked about this in the first episode, and uh, Maggie Q was one. She's Vietnamese. Yeah. Yeah. That people would think that was racist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Vietnamese. Constance Wu. Or Japanese. Constance Wu was one that was in there. She was born in America. She's Asian, but she's Asian American. Yeah. Uh, uh, Karen uh, Fukuhara. Um, She's uh, American. Uh, Kristen Ko. She's Chinese American. Ellen Wong. She's actually Canadian. Ellen Wong was one of the people that they were like, yeah, she should have definitely. But she's from Canada. Right. She is a Canadian. <laughs> a. So they would have complained at every level. Right. You know, regardless. But the thing about it is this movie wouldn't have got made if they couldn't have really got somebody like Scarlett okay. Johansson yeah. to be attached ass. to it. Or yeah. even if they got like Jennifer Lawrence to do this, for example. Yeah, they, they, they would have definitely got made. I don't think she would have been able to do the, the, the act. I'd like pull it off. And that's the thing, like, people, I think, that sometimes, people have a prejudice about Scarlet that I don't understand, because it's like, every time I've ever seen her act in anything, she embodies the character. She does a good she job. She does a good job. And yeah. the person on here who said that, you know, she didn't even watch the original movie, um, bullshit. yeah, the people on here who said that she didn't actually watch the original movie, no bullshit, she did. Rupert, Santer, Rupert Sanders sent her a copy of the DVD movie, and... She watched it, and she watched, I think, most of Standalone Complex to understand the, the major's acting, like how she walks, how she talks, her cadence, that kind of stuff, so she could understand. And even just things like her posture, like how she's supposed to stand. Get into her character. Yeah, she had to get into the character, because like Scarlett said that she's like, I didn't really know that much about it when I took the role on, but she was like, Rupert sent me a lot of, you know, a lot of video stuff. So that I could study and, and see how to play major. You and know. she's a hard worker, and we all love ScarJo. Yeah, I love you. I love you, ScarJo. <laughs> I love you, ScarJo. <laughs> okay, but now to kind of wrap up the show. Oh no, I still have like a whole other comment. To you do. have a whole other comment. I do. Yeah, but I figure we take a break and then we'll finish. Okay. Yeah. Because we have. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're not totally done yet. Like sexually finished. Yeah. Oh yeah, just come on everything. <laughs> but uh, but we're gonna take like a break, and then when we come back, I have one more comment to go, and then we'll we'll, we'll finish up. Okay.
characters that aren't you know related to the major um so <laughs> and these most of these are just going to be considered nitpicks but as far as i see them i think they're just nitpicks but anyway, i think they're all nitpicks yeah most of this yeah. our whole show is based on people just nitpicking shit just to be hateful. have an opinion yeah just to have That's an all. opinion so they can look like you know like they're, they're some kind of genius on they're trying to get a job yeah because yeah. there's been times that like you'll see people write on these and you're like, okay, is this guy trying to like write like his master's thesis on, <laughs> on filmography, but he's putting it on IMDB cause he wants some, like some random schlub to be going through here and be like, you know what? That guy writes really well. Maybe he can write a script for me. It's like, no, nobody's fucking going on IMDB going to hand you a job because you wrote a review really eloquently. Yeah. yeah. See, you're still see, being a hateful douche. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. It'll be useful. That's what douche opposed. Right, yeah. Who's a puss? Yeah, a snatch. Um, but, uh, so, anyway, it says, uh, these character adaptations are awful and ruin the original concepts from the manga and the 95 movie as well. Changing the history of the characters made watching this painful. Yes, there are discrepancies with the original movies and series, but this should not have been made. For some strange reason, uh, Takeshi Kitano, who plays Chief Aramaki, keeps talking in Japanese in this movie while everyone else speaks English to him. Which leaves the dialogue scenes with him totally disconnected and dysfunctional. Mr. Aramaki is the leader of Section 9. He speaks English just like everyone else. Don't translate everyone from Japanese uh, and not him. Bato, normally I feel sorry for him. His character is a muscle-bound large man with cybernetic eyes from being in the Great War. He experienced hell during his military career before he joined Section 9, and the horrors of war made him a grizzled veteran with some measure of PTSD. The TV series explores this in one Bato-centric episode. This Bato didn't feel like the same character. In this movie, he gets his iconic cyber eyes from an explosion during the club scene. He doesn't feel like the badass we already know. Uh, why is Ishikawa uh, coming on that raid anyway? On the, the raid later in the cyber place? Uh, Ishikawa is Section 9's intel guy. He doesn't do field missions. Who the hell is Ladria? Just question marks. Section 9 has one female operative, and that is the Major. Borma is shown briefly on the raid at the Cyber Den, but not really used. Did they have Pazu at all? Saito is used once in the end sequence. Seems pretty lame to use Section 9's technical sniper once. At least they got Togusa somewhat right. They ruined most of the characters in the story because of these dumbass decisions. Stick to the characters that Masamune wrote instead of changing everything. Coming on the raid? Yeah. <laughs> I could help. <laughs> Coming on the raid. <laughs> I feel like we covered half of that comment already in this this show. Yeah, it's definitely. For sure. 
Yeah, it, it's just been nitpicks, and like half of that, I feel like we've already talked about. But coming on that raid was just the precious yeah. words for whoever wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was very sexual. It sounded John, very, <laughs> very sexual. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's like I think the thing is, is that like for the characters, especially like Aramaki is a badass in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he yeah. is. He is a stone cold motherfucker. Like he does not give a fuck he about has, anything. He had a pretty good part in it. Yeah, especially yeah, one of the best end. parts of the movies is just like you know, don't kill a rat. Don't, don't send, send a rabbit to kill, kill a fox. fox. Yeah, because they uh, shoot that dude in the car. <laughs> yeah, or old school stuff. Yeah, it's like that. That seemed like some Clint Eastwood type shit yeah. for real. Because he like gets he gets into his car with a briefcase or whatever, and all those goons like from Hanka show up and they're like trying to shoot the car. And then he just kind of like pops out. He's like, pop, pop. Yeah. And then uh, the other guy, he's like, he's like, don't sell him the rabbit to kill a fox and just shoots him in the yeah, head. Oh, it's great yeah. line. And then later on, uh, whenever uh, Modico deals with the spider tank, which is like iconic because that's from the 95 movie where she's trying to rip the thing open on the tank and then she like rips part of her body open and all that stuff. And then at the, you know, as um, Aramaki's dealing with Cutter, he was like, uh, Major, do I have your consent? And he was like, she's like, you know, this is Major. You have my consent. And he just fucking shoots him into the into the fountain. That's <laughs> yeah. like, Yaramaki's like, oh, I'll kill this motherfucker right now. All you gotta yeah. do is just tell me you have, you, I have your consent. Boom, you're done, son. Yeah. So, but I, I think with, with uh, Katano, it's like, these guys, they have translators built into their brains because they can communicate yeah, telepath or yeah. through mindcom, right? It seems like it's telepathy, but they're communicating through the internet. Kind of like the Avengers. They have like a three billion mile telecommunications, you know, because they always have like that little thing in there and they're always talking to each other. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got but, so much, you know, cyberware in their head and having stairware, all kinds of damn upgrades and shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Aramaki would, I mean, and I think the reason why uh, Kata- Takeshi Kitano wanted to do that was because he wanted, he wanted the chief to feel like an old school Japanese, Japanese guy. guy. He talks in Japanese. He's a gold grizzled war veteran. That's how he always was in the manga yep. and the 95 movie and the TV series and everything. You know, he was always this like grizzled war veteran. Yeah. And the show he does speak English because it's an English version of the fucking show. Yeah. You know, Aramaki is old school. So that's why he, that's why he fucking carries a six shooter pistol and talks in like actual Japanese. It'd, it'd be like telling like Clint Eastwood, like we want you to really talk like a millennial in this movie. <laughs> and Clint Eastwood would be like, Oh, you can, you can go fuck yourself. You can go fuck <laughs> yeah. yourself, buddy. buddy. <laughs> yeah. Don't put no one of those stupid spoilers on that car. Yeah. <laughs> Gran Torino. Yeah. Let's get a selfie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just wouldn't feel right, you know, if yeah. you just had him talk like, or it wouldn't make sense for Eastwood's character, right? It wouldn't. With Aramaki, it's like him talking Japanese. It makes sense in this it, context. It's kind of like the Japanese Eastwood. That's what I was getting to there. Yeah. Like, he's kind of one of those iconic guys. He's even done some Western type stuff because you know Asian people love. Westerns, like they'll, they'll that's they'll why do Cowboy their... Bebop is so big. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, and a lot of that actually is Clint Eastwood. It kind of all comes back around, like because they uh, love Western sort of, actors. Uh, ja- Japanese culture is like a huge part of Clint Eastwood, actually, because he's what kind of made them love that. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, the dude's like ninety and still making Oscar-worthy movies. <laughs> yeah. And, 
Pope hopefully lives like another 20 years, honestly, because he's just doing so much great stuff. And, you know, so is, you know, and that, that that's so the... Takeshi Katana. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, so is Takeshi, because he is um, kind of like the, yeah, like Japanese version of Clint Eastwood. Yeah. He's one of those school, iconic old school characters. Old school actors, yeah. And I, I just think that, like, Bato in this movie is actually pretty awesome because he's pretty close to how Bato is in the show. Yeah, he's one of my yeah. favorite people. Yeah, Palau Asbeck or whatever. Yeah. Like, especially like... Wow, well, back that ass up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, even like there's the sequence when uh, the major like dives and she's in the harbor and stuff. And then, you know, when she like comes back up to the surface and she gets on his boat... And she was like, she was like, but you're you're a company man. You always follow what the company does. You were sent here to kill me. And he was like, stop talking like that. You're gonna piss me off. You know. Like, yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. When he's on the boat. When he's dealing with her on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, can 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 you tell me something else that Palau's from that you've seen, AJ? Yeah, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, is that where he's from? Yes, he is from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Yep. Iron Islands. Iron Islands. But he's bringing the Golden Company over in season nine. Yep. He's still alive because he's that fuck face that yeah, we all dish. hate. But, <laughs> but that means he's a great actor. Yep. Just like uh, the dude that played Ramsey's Barden or whatever. Yeah. He made you fucking, fucking, fucking sick and hating him. Yeah. Like, like, uh, as only thing I could think when he actually died, I was just kind of like, man, that dude was an amazing actor. Yeah, like, ah, he made me Like, because I would, I, would, I would fucking murder him on the streets if I've ever seen him. <laughs> he made me hate him that much. That dude was an amazing actor. Yeah. <laughs> he was like the Ric Flair of acting. Uh, <laughs> Ric Flair of acting! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Great little top. <laughs> but, uh... I, I, I thought it was kind of funny how somebody was like somebody seriously had a problem with with uh, Ladria that like they were all like who the hell is Ladria you know there's only one female operative in section nine and that's the major it's not Ladria who the hell is this it's like they just they want to add another female into the crew because the crew usually only has one woman in it and it's Motoko you normally don't have any other women it's basically all dudes Ishikawa. Saito, Togusa, you know, everybody, they're, it's all dudes. Yeah, we're not down with the sausage fest, people. We right. can have at least a couple chicks in it. Right, yeah, you need to have at least a couple of females. But uh, but also, like, they were talking about, like, you know, like, Borma in this movie. I'm like, actually, Borma, like, in the in, like the original stuff is always depicted as, like, a bald white guy. And this in this movie, he's a black dude. So you guys wanted to bitch about all this diversity, and they actually took one of the characters and made him into a black guy. And Ishikawa is made to be, like, I don't know, Ishikawa's supposed to look black, I guess, in this movie. If it was Samuel L. Jackson, no one would have said shit. Yeah, they would have been like, oh, man, Borma's played by Samuel L. Jackson. Borma's pretty fucking awesome, you know? It's like nobody would have said shit. It's like nobody would be like, well, it's supposed to be like a bald white dude with the cyber eyes like Bato, you know? But it's like, you know, I... I <laughs> And also, they were like, is Pazu even in this movie? No, Pazu's not in this movie. But he doesn't necessarily need to be, because Pazu's the forensics guy. There isn't any forensic shit in this movie that he would be doing. And Borma, he doesn't necessarily... Borma's the... He's the um, he's the explosions guy. He does all the explosions and the ordnance stuff as far as, like, whenever they have a crime scene or something. 
Pazu's like the CSI guy because he does all the forensic evidence, and Borma does all the explosions. Well, the only real explosion that you have in this movie, for the most part, is the one you know when it's they're Bato in the Bato. when they're in the club, and he's not even there. It's just Bato and the major basically, and Ladria is there helping him because Ladria is the weapon specialist. Oh, Bato, Bato, Mister Roboto. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but I mean, Togusa basically was dead on to how Togusa is supposed to be. Yep. He's just, he's just a regular detective. He doesn't have any cyber enhancements besides just like the communications part of it, you know? So I, I think, you know, they did Togusa very well. Uh, they just didn't have his mullet, which I thought was a good no. choice. No, don't include the mullet. Cause you know, Togusa's mullet from the cartoon, from the anime was always kind of weird looking. Yeah. It's like you have this dude who's like just he's like a very professional like detective beat cop kind of guy that they recruited because he's not cyber enhanced and so he has a different perspective of everything else. He doesn't go into a situation thinking, oh, well I can just get myself blown up because they just they just rebuild my body. No, hey, I mean, Togusta can't do that. He's a regular fucking being. human being and he also has a family because he has a wife and he has a child. So his approach to things is how can I do this and not get anybody hurt? So he's like the Hawkeye. Kind of, yeah. He's sort of like the regular dude with the family that they use to give them a different perspective on things. That's why he's there, because he can approach things from a tactical advantage or from a a tactical standpoint that maybe the major doesn't think of. Because the major, she's basically a weapon. She thinks like, oh, well, I'll just do this, and if my body gets destroyed, cool, just put me in a new body. Togusa can't do that. If he dies, he dies. His body can't be destroyed he like dies, that. He dies. It's just right. Like, you know, Ivan Drago just punches somebody in the face. Right. <laughs> but uh, if he dies, he dies. Now Saito getting the sniper shot on the helicopter—that's a pretty badass moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, it's like Saito is the major safe, and he was like, "She will be." Yeah. And then fires that shot, takes the copter down. Yeah. You know, that's like Saito's badass because like in pretty much everything that he's in. Whenever he takes a shot on something, it's a fucking awesome shot because he is the team sniper, and it's cool how they they you know put him into the end sequence like that. But um, I just think that all that stuff is nitpicky though, because if you're going to complain about you know Palau's version of of Bato, and then you're going to complain about Aramaki only speaking in Japanese, it's like that's the only thing you had to complain about Aramaki was the fact that he speaks Japanese all the time. You got to go put it on fucking IMDb. Yeah, you have to go put it on IMDb because you hate that so much. It's yeah. like, really? Is that all you have to complain that's about? That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's but that's the thing. Shit. It's like, and, and these are the things that the people complained about for this movie. And I think it's it just goes to show you that some people, they either nitpick it to death or they have no fucking clue what they're talking about because the one comment even said... You know, if you know anything about the anime, and I, you know, I haven't read it. So if you haven't seen the anime and you haven't read the manga, how the fuck do you know how any of this is supposed to yeah. go? Yeah. You know, how can you have an opinion on something where you don't even you understand? Have an yeah, you should just be like, I'm just taking this as it is. But they're like, how is it? You, you, you know, you don't understand who, who Motoko's supposed to you be. You don't know the material. So yeah, you don't know the material, shut so shut the fuck up because you don't understand what's in it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Right. Words of wisdom. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. If you don't know anything yeah. about anything, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, then probably just keep your mouth shut. Okay, so... But that's it for comments. So what so. we're going to do here at the end is uh, our traditional thing, and uh, uh, I'll explain it to you, AJ, but we're going to do some trivia Ooh. Uh, between the two of you, and if both of you kind of fucking suck at this, then I'll, I'll read the cards. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so uh, this this is Ghost in the Shell trivia. Ah, okay. So nice. So this is relevant. Do we have to like buzz in, or are we taking turns? No, you you guys need to make some type of noise, uh, noise of your choice, to be able to answer first. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Ric Flair woo. Damn, I was gonna go woo. Fuck. That's cool. You can go who. Well, it sounds like woo. That's okay. That's okay. They can sound the same. I can see both of you. Uh, <laughs> I'll say. I'll say. Dick. Oh fuck! You can't see me. I thought it was invisible. Uh, fuck. You, you'll say what, AJ? I'll say dick. Dick. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, who was actually cast first as the major? Uh, I'll give multiple choice. Okay. You guys want multiple choice? Okay. Okay. A, Margot Robbie, B, Vivica Fox, C, Charlize Theron, or D, Jennifer Lawrence? Uh, okay. Woo! C. Uh, Charlize Theron yeah. is your answer? Yeah. I'm going to say Jennifer Lawrence. D, Charlize Lawrence. You Fuck. are both wrong. Oh. What? The a person that was actually cast as... The major was Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. She was actually cast, really? and then negotiations broke down, and then they gave the role to Scarlett Johansson. Is that was that because she was going to start working on Suicide Squad? No, that was that was because the negotiate the negotiations breaking down was her going to work on Suicide Squad. Oh. She took that role after. Oh, okay. She had this negotiation yeah. because this is the role that she wanted. And then negotiations oh, broke down, and then she became Harley Quinn. And then she went to go be Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so all right. we're both zero zero right now. <laughs> all right. So this next one is uh, true or false? Scarlett Johansson wears a wig for this film. Woo! False. It is false. Uh, dick. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Damn. Uh. <laughs> Uh, Oshi directed what Ghost in the Shell films? Woo! Uh, so that's the 1995 Ghost in the Shell and then Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence. Okay. Dick, I have no idea. Alright, well that's two points for him. <laughs> he also uh, directed Ghost in the Shell 2.0. 2.0. Oh, well that was the remastered of the original. That was the remastered yeah. of the original, yeah. but it was some added stuff. Yeah, uh, but the, yeah, the, that's, I, was, that's lo- I was I was looking for Ghost in the Shell and Ghost in the Shell Two. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, true or false? He said he hated the live action movie. He? You mean you mean Memorial oh, she. Uh, no. did. That's uh, he did not. He loved it. Okay, so that is false. Um. Okay, so here here we go. How much has Ghost in the Shell made off a of DVD and Blu-ray sales in total since 2017? This is multiple choice. A, $2 million. B, $4 million. C, $10 million. Or D, $13 million. Woo! Uh, 13. I would say 13. Okay. Well, you're both right. Okay. <laughs> hey, you did get one point at least. Yes! <laughs> I win. 
Okay, so here, no, 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 it's not over. That's how fast my friends. Okay, so how much is Scarlett Johansson worth? This is a this is a fun question. A, twenty million dollars. B, forty-five million dollars. C, eighty-seven million dollars. Or D, a hundred million dollars. Woo! Hundred million. It is a hundred million dollars. Holy shit! Okay. 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 Because she she's been some some pretty big properties, and then she gets all that Marvel money too. Okay. Last question: Who was ScarJo's first husband? Damn, no idea. Okay. I know who it is. The multiple me. choice. Me. All right, I'll do multiple. Because if you choice. do the names, I might be able to think of it. A. Matthew Broderick. C. Uh, B. Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. D. Josh Hartnett. Or uh, I mean, C. Josh Hartnett. Or D. Ryan Reynolds. Woo. Josh Hartnett. No. Oh fuck. Uh, the first one. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. No. The Ryan Reynolds was Ryan Reynolds? her husband. Yes, I had no idea. She was married to Ryan Reynolds. So uh, for how long? I don't think I remember that. Uh, two years. For two years? Oh, it was okay. like two thousand and five to two thousand and seven. Oh, but that's who she was married to first. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was her oh, first. That's marriage. interesting. Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool himself. That's crazy. Weird. So because I want something interesting here, uh, any ideas of what voice? We should read these cards in. Uh, well, I think usually you have the voice already set ahead of you. I already do, but yeah, this is a special episode, so I want suggestions. Um, what would be a... Uh, okay, my my idea is doing it as uh, Violent J's, like, stabbing character. Ooh, Violent J's stabbing character. Do you know how that character I goes? I stand <laughs> Well, okay, try try that. What do you just do? It's like, I stab people. Four or five people every day. <laughs> Can you do something like that? I stab people. Four or five. What? Okay. Uh, how about we do you, it you never, you, never, you never heard that uh, before? That, uh, that the Okay, so you're going to do it in Violent J. Okay. You came up with something else. Uh, Come up with a different voice. Hurry, we're on a time limit. <laughs> uh, tick bitch. You do it in like, can you do like a gangster voice? Or can you do a bad gangster voice? Because <laughs> we're not going perf- perfection here. We're not trying no, to. No, because we usually fuck this up most of the time. Yes, I had to do one of these as Ken Kenneth from Connecticut. And that was yes, fucking hilarious. Well, what about a robotic voice? How about uh, uh, from India? Okay, let's hear like, it. Like a Hindu accent? Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Can you do that? Shit, no, I can't. <laughs> no, let's, let's, hear your, let's hear your worst. Let's hear your worst. Just pretend you're Apu from The Simpsons. Let's hear, okay, that's that's fine. That'll be, that'll be fucked okay. up enough. Violet, Violet J, you read this card. <laughs> okay. William Egan the Fourth. You read that one as your shitty voice. Bill Taqib, I drink. Beat to beat. Beat the cashew. Beat the quiche by Drake. <laughs> he also mispronounced it, so that actually is kind of accurate. <laughs> Scarlet bitch. <laughs> Snap Diddy Hog. Snap Diddy Hog. Snap Diddy Hog. Okay. 
yeah. Prince Mater. <laughs> what the fuck? P shitty. <laughs> Ghost in the hell. <laughs> Ghost in the hell. Thank you and good night. And remember to listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, any iTunes, uh, Google, anything that you guys want to listen to us. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, This is a special edition. Listen to After for AJ's birthday special. And uh, thank you guys and good night. Acts like a die in the sun Snap like a dragon Die like a pelican Kingdoms of my kingdom Skip like a prophet Stay like a poet's gun But say how long can this go on? Studying the studying the studying the black Besides I know And what's it got All your posts and your signals That's